Will you hit play, please? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Con Tiki Podcast, the place to get double feature film recommendations from some of your favorite artists, musicians, and filmmakers. My name is Eric Mahoney. I will be your host. It is November the 5th, Thursday, 2020, in a year that has been a complete shit show in the midst of an election that mirrors that. When this uh, episode is released, it'll be probably four or five days from now, and who knows what will have changed by then. Until then, I'm just um, clinging to some hope that um, you know this absolute nightmare of a human being is going to be removed from office. And also just grappling still with, with the reality that a, a huge percentage of this country, um, I don't understand. I don't understand the bigotry and the hatred and the greed. I just don't get it. And I know that there are probably some, some decent people, you know, on the other side of this debate. But at this point, with all that has happened... I fundamentally don't know how someone looks to Donald Trump and, and, and says, yeah, that's my guy. I really don't. And there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. You know, e- even, if, even, if, even if Biden and Harris are in, we should all collectively take a moment to celebrate that fact. But at the same time, I, I don't have a whole lot of optimism that that, that, those, that, that ticket is the, is the ticket to the sort of radical change that we that we so desperately need in this country. I'm happy to let them give it their best shot, and I think they need to be held accountable. And I think that we all collectively need to get to work and try to figure out how to salvage this experiment that has obviously gone terribly awry. So I hope through all, all the pain and heartbreak, you know, of, of this year and of, and of decades and decades and decades of systemic racism in this country that we can all use 2020 as a bit of a call to arms to, uh, to really assess how, how we can move this country into a much better place. Um, anyway, that's not what this show is about. It's just the only thing that's been on my mind all week. So um, moving forward on the program today, Alex Edkins of the band Mets, a fantastic band. If you're not aware of them, please go make yourself so immediately. Such a great uh, band and a great conversation. I really liked his two picks quite a bit. Uh, Two of my favorite films from two exceptional filmmakers. Um, So I think you guys are going to like this episode quite a bit. Mets also have a new album out titled Atlas Vending. So please go check that out wherever it is that you get your music available from Sub Pop Records. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, put the soapbox away and talk some films. This is my conversation with Alex Atkins. Alex? Hello. Hey, it's Eric. Hey, Eric. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Adjusting the volume here. Uh, how are, where, where are you? I'm in Toronto. Oh, I love Toronto. Oh, awesome. 
What about you? Where are you? I, I'm in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So how are things there? What's uh, what what's what's the vibe? What's the? Have you been there for a bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, since March, um, things are weird here. <laughs> yeah, I think they're like, you know, they're that way that way everywhere. But um, yeah, the vibe's definitely strange, and I think everyone's sort of bracing themselves for another wave because they've just opened schools and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of heavy. What's the, and what's the protocol uh, there right now in terms of, of being able to go out and about? Is it, is it like it here where it's sort of semi open and you need to be masked and that kind of thing? Or is it, or is it stricter than that? Well, they just cracked down because numbers are going up. So for a long time it was, yeah, you know, if you're indoors, wear a mask. And I think the size of the, you know, um, social gatherings was getting quite big. I think people were were having get-togethers, and uh, so the numbers recently spiked, or you know, jumped enough where the uh, premier of the province said, uh, "No, we're gonna crack down again." So it's sort of it was one step forward. Now it's sort of two two back, and we're. It seems like we're not too far off from another uh, lockdown. Yeah, man. Well, in terms of in terms of like the city vibe too, is it like here? There's just been a tremendous amount of flight, so I mean, the city seems um, pretty empty. I mean, not like it did <laughs> this spring, which sure. is terrifying <laughs> in terms of the optics. <laughs> it looked it looked post-apocalyptic here, but wow. but it, but it's definitely I mean there's moving trucks everywhere. I definitely, you know, feel like there's a lot of people choosing to not live so urban. Is that is that the same kind of vibe in Toronto or do you feel like it's it's the population's kind of holding steady? I think people are leaving. Um yeah, yeah it seems that way. It seems like a lot of for sale signs and uh you know, certainly not, but I mean it's still bustling. It, it kind of blows my mind. Uh, Friday, Saturday night, I'll be coming back from the studio or something, and the patios are rammed. People are living it up. <laughs> wow! So wow. there's That's some weird. things like that just people can't give up. You know, they need that <laughs> that social aspect of life. So they're uh, it's a little bit disconcerting because you you see them and you're like, oh, I don't. I don't think that's what, what you know. That's not going to work. I don't think. But um, <laughs> I understand the, that urge certainly. But um, so I don't know. I think Toronto is kind of trying but failing in a lot of ways because we're all just such, you know, social animals when it comes down to it. How are you handling it in terms of uh, you know not performing and things like that? Are you are you cool to kind of? I assume that you've been, you know, doing some writing and you mentioned going to the studio. Is is, is that like a, an acceptable outlet for this time or, or are you someone that really relishes, you know, playing live? Uh, it's been rough. Yeah, I, I miss it very, very much. You kind of don't realize how much, how important it was to your life, I think. Um, it was, it's so tied in with with my routine, with my my happiness, like it sort of is my happy place, if you will. It, it gives me like, you know, 
a kind of a level head uh, connection with people. And so for that to be kind of ripped away from you unexpectedly is tough. And uh, I don't know, I have, I've been trying my very best to adjust, but you know, struggling at times. And, uh, but I, the, the positive for that I can say for sure uh, of the situation is uh, our tour dates being canceled and everything has allowed me to be home with my family uh when I would have been gone. So that is beautiful and wonderful. And, uh, I'm trying to just stay focused on the good stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah, no, for sure. I know it's, 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 it's weird. There's, there's silver linings everywhere. I think I, yeah, I'm trying to stay in that space myself, although it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's just so, it's so strange. And I think that, um, it's going to be for a while, <laughs> you know, not to, and I don't even think that's, you know, being, pessimistic i just think that's just sort of the reality of of this situation so i think you know it's me too i don't see how i don't know i guess i'm just waiting for a vaccine at this point i don't see how there's any other way especially with what we do which is you know try to ram 500 to a thousand people into a room and get them you know sweaty and uh, bumping off each other (laughs) you know it's just couldn't be further from uh what's happening (laughs) you're you're exactly the last thing to to happen when this is all over (laughs) that's right that's right and that's pretty heartbreaking (laughs) to realize yeah i know well well let's talk some movies man because we can all sit sit home and watch movies that's that was sort of my you know impetus for getting on the phone with these with with people and, and chatting about movies is to kind of share some some things to uh, either discover or rediscover, you know, while we have a little more time to do that, maybe. For sure. Are you a big movie uh, person? Uh, you know, I think at a time I was. There was a time when I was really, and it it was same with same with records. I was, you know, I'd spend hours in record shops, just digging, and I think I was so hungry for all of the, you know, bookshops. I wanted to know all the great directors in film and and so that certainly has waned I think because of uh just life kind of gets in the way of that. <laughs> I can't I can't uh dedicate as much time to sort of the the search for those things but um yeah so I think at a time I was Do you have kids? I have one kid, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of what I was getting at. It's like, yeah, things have changed. <laughs> yeah, I have two kids, and I feel like uh, we're we're in the process of of boxing up our apartment a little bit here, and um, and I'm going through you know my uh, collection of of records and, and and films, and 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 being like, oh yeah, there was a guy that uh, <laughs> at one point in time had right. all this time to dedicate to these things that, yeah. that now uh, are, are on the back burner a little bit. So I understand the sentiment 100%. Yeah, sure. I'm watching lots of Pixar and Disney, you know? Not, uh... <laughs> <laughs> What's your grown-up double feature for me? What, what's your double feature recommendation for oh, um, the so, adult you? Yeah, this was, this was a t- it was tough to decide, man, because for one, I like... I, 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 to watch two movies in a row is a an insane idea for me yeah. right now. But um, I kind of just went, I kind of grabbed these ones randomly from my 
past. I just remember loving them when I first saw them, probably in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was a great you know, excuse to watch them again. And I, I think my... I think my, you know, love of them is still intact, although some things have changed. Um, so anyway, my the first one is the conversation mm-hmm. uh, by Coppola, and the second one is uh, Blow Up by uh, Michelangelo Antonioni. Good combo. I like I, I like this. Um... And I, lo- and I love both of the directors and uh, certainly that time period of cinema. Um, there's some connectivity plot-wise in the two of these, but let's, uh, in terms of like uh, secret of murders, I guess, would be the yes. most obvious obvious thing to, to kind of talk about. But let's maybe go through them one by one. Um, the conversation, let, let's talk about that one a little bit. Um, this one's an interesting one to me because of, of sort of where it landed in in, in his career, um, like you know, mid Godfather mania, um, mm-hmm. and this was sort of a quiet film starring Gene Hackman that um, I thought was really brilliant, um, but 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 kind of understated in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, it's a slow burn. Yeah, so tell me, tell me, tell me why this one kind of connected with you a little bit, um, either either when you first saw it or upon rewatch. Or I think it grabbed me from the first scene. It's this sort of iconic in my eyes. Um, it's like this above shot of a plaza full of all these people. And I remember just immediately being like, "Oh man, I love like I love this already." So it it took about two seconds to have like to, to grab me and uh, I was there for the whole, the whole ride. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's, uh, you know, about, I guess a surveillance expert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <that's laughs> Which exactly is a, what it an is. interesting idea. Like it's kind of a, does that job exist? Like I don't, maybe in the seventies <laughs> it did. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it does. I'm sure. I guess it uh, does. Yeah. Maybe within governments and things. Yes, it just seems yes. like. So he's like a you know, um, you know, d- out on his own audio surveillance expert, and I just find that to be such a ridiculous notion, but a a great way to to kind of make this mystery flick uh, tick. And uh, I don't know. I think. His when he's in his happy place, when he's working and listening back to his tapes, it's uh, I don't endlessly fascinating to me. It's something I can just like, you know, listening back to these tapes of people talking. It's like, did they say this or did they say that? And it's all distorted and uh, rewinding and clicking the button again. It's like. I get. I guess it kind of makes me realize I love those parts about being in a studio too. Like I, I, I love the gear and I love the uh, something. Yeah, something about that that grabs me in this movie when they're showing him. Uh, well, he's sort of like this hyper voyeur too, you know, because he's like he's super private and has no personal life and you know, is, is so secretive and makes calls from like pay phones and, you know, just like doesn't let anyone in and yet spends all of his time, 
you know, kind of navigating and occupying people's very personal lives, you know. So it's it's an interesting Yeah, he's a sad character really. Like he's pretty unhappy. And uh that's interesting. I think that's a connection with both of the movies with the 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 uh main character is sort of a sad sack, not really lovable. Um with the conversation it's a bit funny for when you consider his um profession. Uh I think there's this underlying humor where constantly he's being shown to be sort of not so sharp, you know, with his landlord. He comes home one day to his landlord has just been in the apartment and left a birthday gift and everything. And that's like totally hilarious for someone who's, and you can see how it, it just totally pisses him off because, you know, he's supposed to be this, this genius sleuth, like really uh, respected by all of his, his uh, co-workers and everything. And, and meanwhile, you know, he, he uh, time and time again shows himself to be a little bit lacking in, in that department. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and then, so then, then the kind of action ramps up where he, you know, I think, and it's been many years since I've actually rewatched this, but to my recollection, he, he's privy to a murder, right? That he then try, and then he, he sort of breaks his own rules by, going out into the real world world to kind of investigate this is, is that, am I correct in that, in that? Yeah. So that, fir- that first amazing shot that starts, he's, he's listening into a young couple yep. uh, who are having a, a conversation and he's getting bits and pieces of it through his head he, on tape that he later analyzes. Um, and he's doing this for a client and he, uh, you know, dissects this conversation and, delivers it to the director, this sort of mysterious head of a corporation director character. And so, you know, who's paying him to do this, to investigate this couple's conversation. And uh, his his, uh, guilt starts to get him. He starts to, there was an event uh, that they hint at that happened prior to him where his investigation and his uh, ability to decipher audio tapes uh, and get clues to things had it resulted in uh, the death of, of a family, I think. That's uh, like a young kid and a, a mom, I think. So he's got this buried guilt that's eating him up And, you know, he goes to confession and all this. So he's like, he's kind of struggling with with his line of work. I think he loves it. He's good at it. But he also knows that it's slightly, uh, you know, screwed up what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, yeah. And he's he's Catholic. He's Catholic, right? Yeah. I I forgot that. I forgot that detail. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes. There's like this, there's this real, real dark, uh, deep guilt trip with this guy that's sort of unresolved through, yeah, yeah, like personality and religion. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, he hands it over to the director and then, uh, what is it? What happens? He thinks he's, he thinks he understands the message, but it's sort of like gets flipped where, uh, he thinks that the couple may be in in harm's way, um, but there's an amazing, you know, uh, switch at the end of the movie. I don't know if I want to 
I don't know. Is this is this podcast like? Do we do the spoiler? <laughs> you know, I, I've never shied away from it, especially from films from 1974. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for uh, the statute of limitations running out on the on the spoilers from the 70s. So yeah. I, 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 I would go for it. You can, you can go ahead and talk about. Yeah. It. So I mean, the so what reveals itself uh, after he's he's gotten way too involved in this case of other people's lives. Once again, he just can't keep himself kind of out of this. Uh, he thinks that this young couple is in danger of being murdered. And uh, then then it gets confusing. And I love this about movies is that you start to, you start, they start to play on, you know, is this really happening or is this imagined? Um, he takes, uh, he gets a hotel room next to where, they're going to have a meeting because this is all on the tape, of course. And so he wants to continue learning more about this, this dangerous situation and goes and puts a microphone in the wall and listens in and, and he's hearing all he hears like, you know, physical altercation and thinks, you know, that they're in danger that, that the director is going to, to hurt them. But uh, what he finds is something different. And there's this incredible scene that I'll always remember where he breaks into the apartment to investigate and uh, it's, a, it's clean as a whistle. And he's looking for everywhere. He's like, Oh, it just must've been my imagination. I, I must've just been, you know, hearing things and nothing happened. There's no evidence of anything happening. There's no body here. And then he, he goes and flushes the toilet and it overflows with blood and it just comes washing down at his feet and he, you know, runs out. And that's just one of those sort of like uh, the shining scenes where it's just that will never be erased from my brain. It is a great scene. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and understated as well. Like that, you know, it, yeah, that he doesn't he doesn't walk into this horror scene, but it's very suspenseful, and the the reveal is really powerful. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think it's yeah. great. Uh, it's it's a great movie, and I think that uh, I I guess I'll throw this out because I can edit it once I fact check myself. But I think um, I think Coppola lost. I think this. I think the conversation was nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture and lost to Godfather Two. Which is oh, wow. which is which is impressive <laughs> to have that going on that year. <laughs> yeah, that's a good year. <laughs> well, let's pivot and talk blow up a little bit because that 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 stylistically is quite a quite a quite different than the conversation in terms of pacing and it's, it's a lot more frantic, um, but also has this sort of uh, murder that's trying to be decoded, not in an audio sense, in a visual sense, because the, the protagonist is a photographer. Yeah, it's funny, man. I, I, I mean, I chose these kind of not really thinking <laughs> that they were so alike. They're, they're quite similar in that, you know, you've got this, this protagonist who's sort of depressive, but... They, they find joy in their work. They get lost in their work. And then they both kind of stumble upon what they see as possible murders. And uh, this one's set in like the 60s London, like super, it's almost like it makes me laugh out loud. Like he's ripping around in a Rolls Royce and everything. And 
It's like it's 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 a it's a hair shy of Austin Powers. Exactly. I mean, it must have been <laughs> what they based some of yeah. Austin Powers on. It's like it's outrageous. This kind of Playboy character. Uh, well, and he's a fashion photographer. I think people should know. Yeah. So yes. he's, he's 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 photographing you know very beautiful women. It's like swinging London. Um, yeah. It's 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 that whole scene. It's almost a caricature of itself. But yeah. yeah. Vanessa Redgrave, David Hemmings, and Sarah Miles in Michelangelo Antonioni's first English language film, Blow Up. At love without meaning, at murder without guilt, at the dazzle of the madness of London today, Antonioni's camera never flinches. Blow up. The production in color. Yeah, once again, though, I mean, so incredibly uh, well shot. Like just, just images that are just gonna gonna really resonate and stick in your brain for a long time. And um, it's also uh, Antonioni's first English uh, speaking film, I believe, as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, why, why don't you give us a kind of a brief synopsis uh, about the about the sort of like mystery of the whole thing? It, you know, we we kind of went over that he's a fashion photographer in, in the late '60s London, um, leading this kind of like semi playboy life. But uh, to tell us tell us about some of the action that that occurs that, that kind of takes him down this. Yeah, so he's out he's out one day um, strolling around in the park and. Uh, He's got his camera with him, of course, and there is a couple in a field, and it's kind of unclear if they're, you know, making out or if they're struggling or if they're arguing. And he starts to snap photos. He's like hiding behind a tree. He's uh, jumping over a fence and hiding in the bushes and taking pictures um, of this this uh, couple and. Uh, takes several photos and then kind of escapes. But the, the woman sees him and sort of uh, says, Hey, what are you doing? I need those photos back. You know, I don't want you having those photos. And so they basically what happens is she finds where he lives and, and says, I'm here. I want those photos now. And he kind of procrastinates and pushes it off. And, uh, they start start to have a bit of a romantic relationship, even, but uh, it all comes. It kind of all focuses on when he starts to develop these shots that he's taken of the couple in the field, and uh, he's you know he's in the dark room and just uh, doing the whole deal and in his zone in his space and uh, starts to see things that he didn't see before. Uh, looking at these photos from different angles and blowing them up, of course. And uh, he sees that there's a gunman in the in the uh, bushes that he hadn't seen before. And, and there's all of these stills are so, to me, just beautiful looking and pro- provocative. And you, they keep on showing them, and they show him staring at them and uh, trying to figure out what the hell was going on. 
And um, yeah, so he sees like, first you see a face. Is that a face? I don't know. And then the bushes and then, oh, is that a gun? And uh, he starts to realize, oh my God, there's a body there too. I think, you know, I think there's been a murder. And um, from there, it plays out where, you know, he's trying to find this woman because she leaves him a number and it doesn't work. So he's ripping around in his Rolls Royce one night and sees her on the street and then she disappears and he follows her into a, a Yardbirds concert, which is kind of a, a neat 60s moment. It's like this super bored crowd. Meanwhile, uh, the Yardbirds are, are playing a, a show and um, I think I always liked that aspect of it. Yeah, Jimmy, pa- Jimmy Page is in this, right? Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's they're right. playing a killer tune. I, I didn't look it's a up great what, scene. what it is, but it, it's a nice one. It's sort of like an OC's vibe. Like I think the OC's must yeah. have Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. I mean, everything's so stylized, so the concert looks really weird. The crowd's basically r- incredibly bored-looking and stoned and... Um, but anyway, the, what what happens is when he gets back, he realizes that his photos and sort of the proof of this whole murder or what he sees as a murder has all been stolen and all the rolls of film have been stolen. Oh, sorry. On that same trip out to the Yardbirds, he goes to the park to verify and he sees a body. At least he thinks he, he's standing in front of a dead man that's lying on the ground so he goes all right this is murder something happened when i was there and so then after that yeah he goes back and everything's gone and so you wonder if this is uh, the woman in the photos who would come back and stole it or who who it was and uh it's sort of this unbelievably unresolved story where he nothing's tied up at the end. He's just sort of like, did that happen? Or did, did I imagine that? Um, it's all sort of unclear. And uh, I, th- again, like just with the conversation, unresolved, you know, like Gene Hackman in the conversations, like, I think they end the film with him, like, like a jazz record playing and him, like destroying his apartment, looking for, looking to see if it's bugged. And then, and then in this, in the blow up, he's just, kind of walking around disillusioned while some students uh, who are like a drama squad or something, I think <laughs> pretend to play pet to play tennis, like imagining that there's a ball there and he's kind of playing along and staring at it and in his mind, hearing the sound of the tennis ball getting hit with rackets. And then, then he disappears at the end of the film and you're just like, wow okay um and uh, and once again you're sort of left to figure out what was real and what was um you know all in his head yeah a real sense of isolation and and slight descent into madness um you know you're you're sort of left with but in both of these films with these guys um yeah, things do not tidy up very neatly in, in both films. Another another connective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, situation is uh, if you're if you're looking for you know a very, uh, I don't know, typical sort of ending to a film, you, you will not find it. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> I <laughs> picked two not. movies that will leave you absolutely, you know. <laughs> Pacing afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Unsatisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Well, these are great picks, man. I, I really like this a lot. I think I think these two, uh, they both have some um, some variation in, in style, but uh, have a lot of, of, of things that are, that kind of connect them that make them uh, make a lot of sense to sort of you know if not watch in one sitting, sort of watch you know around the same time um, because yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you, is there you know would there be a like terminology for a film like this? Because I'm thinking of other ones too, like. A Barbarian Sound Studio or like Blowout. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. We've got these. They're all very like, they're basically the same story in some ways. You've got this like, this fall into madness possibly and lots of mystery and everything. And it's all based within sort of like a, I guess like an arts trade or something. I don't know. It just hits my sweet spot. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yep, I agree. No, I love these films. I always have. This is good. This is this is good. So so what's up um what's up with the with the band? What's what are you guys working on? What do you um do you have anything on the horizon that um that you can discuss? Yeah, well, uh you know, doing lots of press, the records out. I feel I'm so thankful that we have this release now cuz if I didn't, I'd be going crazy. I guess it'd just be like trying to write every day, but this has been good to to be really really busy during this time and kind of getting everything ready for the rollout for uh, as far as like videos and uh, yeah like I said lots of press we're we're rehearsing um, so that we're gonna uh, put a live concert film together because that seemed like maybe something to do that we could do you know we want to. We want to be ourselves. We want to be, you know, a band. Uh, but it's just trying to relearn how to do that uh, in this in this scenario. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think that makes sense. I think any and all, you know, activity to 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 keep doing your art is is really paramount to to sanity and and to connect. You know, stay connected with people and and fans. And yeah, I think it's. I think that's. Like, yeah. Um, all right, Alex. Well, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, best of luck with the new record and, and everything that you guys have going on. And, um, you know, very much look forward to seeing you guys in person when the world kind of clears up. Oh, man. Uh, me too. Thank you so much. You man. got it. Fun. You got it. Take care. So that's the show. I want to once again thank Alex Atkins of the band Mets for stopping by and for the double feature film recommendation once again. His picks were Blow Up and The Conversation, a really great pairing with some uh, some really cool uh, topical similarities between those two films. Uh, make sure you stay up to speed with his band at uh, Metzdom.com. Again, their website is M-E-T-Z-Z-T-E-M. And uh, check out their new album for sure. Uh, stay up to speed with all things Contiki Podcast on Instagram, where we uh, give some additional double feature film recommendations and uh, some animations and fun things once in a while. So uh, check us out there at Contiki Podcast. Same thing with Facebook, backslash Contiki Podcast. Make sure to rate and review the show wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And drop us a line and say hello sometime. Love to hear from people that are listening to the show and uh, talk movies and, and uh, 
music and all things arts. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's take a deep breath and hang in there. Uh, mask up, keep a cool head out there. Let's uh, let's hope for a new presidency in this country, and let's also look to the future and figure out how uh, in four years we don't have to be sitting around watching two inarticulate ancient old white dudes battle it out. All right, let's figure this out, people. See you next time.